Imagine working as a pediatric nurse. Then one day, you try to administer a routine vaccine to a young boy, get thrown against the wall, and suffer your third TBI. But this one is a significant one, and cervical instability became part of the issue. What happens then? Well, my next guest went from an optimistic, vibrant, enthusiastic, confident, and extrovert person to one of being in constant pain, withdrawal, depression, and hopelessness. But on a whim, she decided to turn to cannabis. What do you think happened next? Let's find out. Stay tuned for this episode of Good Dudes Grow. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. On the Good Dudes Grow 2.0, we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Everybody, welcome back to Good News Grow. I'm your host, Gary Roberts, and I'm excited about today's story. Today's story is about a fellow, a first responder who ended up having not one, not two, but three traumatic brain injuries. And the third one actually basically was a doozy from what I heard from her story, listening to a couple of her interviews. And I'm glad she's decided to come on my show and tell us a little bit about what happened, what she's doing now, and how she's pretty much went from looking at no help to being a vibrant, brand new person and an advocate for cannabis. So Nikki Lolly, I'm glad you came to my show. I'm glad to have you here and I'm glad you took time out of your day. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us where you started and everything a little bit so the audience knows exactly what's going on. Sure. So um, back in 2016, I was a pediatric nurse just doing my job like any other day and a kid didn't want a vaccine. Not a real shocking thing. Most kids aren't real fans, but uh, it resulted in having to restrain a child so that uh, he could get the shot. And unfortunately, um, he hit me in the head, uh, headbutted me actually, and threw me back into a wall. And then um, I was thrown back into his head. So that minute, my life changed forever. Um, cannabis was something that I never looked at as medicine. I looked at it as totally taboo, almost. Uh, very ashamed, like in the closet when other people were drinking, having a good time. I sometimes had a few friends that might've had some cannabis and I'd be off in the corner smoking with all the bad people. <laughs> um, but what was crazy is I was a healthcare professional. I was well-respected in my field. I definitely had um, a grasp, but a freak accident literally changed my life in a second. So trying to find a diagnosis, trying to fight the New York State workers' compensation system, that was a huge uh, battle. And I was really made to feel um, crazy, like there was really nothing wrong with me, like uh I was malingering or faking it. Um, my neuropsych tests, I scored so poorly on that they said, oh, you're just trying to create more of a problem than you really have. And there was nothing further from the truth. Um, I truly 
couldn't do it. <laughs> um, I'm a former casino dealer as well. And basic math, I couldn't even comprehend or do just dealing, you know, some cards to my family members. I couldn't count the cards to actually do it. Um, so I really knew we had kind of a problem. I was in a very, very, very dark place. Um, very pharmaceutical up, uh, for lack of a better term. I had, was on opiates. I was on antidepressants, antipsychotics, um, you know, just a whole host of cocktails that they didn't really know what to give me. Um, and I was having more and more reactions to various drugs they were giving me, um, like anaphylactic kind of reactions, like almost dying and having trouble breathing because of the medicine they were giving me. So I was literally at the point of ready to commit suicide. Um, the cognitive function, the brain fog, the anxiety, the depression, all these things were just like, I can't continue to live like this. This is not what life is meant to be. And I was planning my death actually in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, my husband had, you know, thought it'd be cool to take me out of vacation, get me out of this, you know, Buffalo to try and cheer me up. And there was nothing more that I didn't want to do than go to Las Vegas. I was uh, for three days, a hermit in a hotel room. And then my husband had left the room and he, uh, was so frustrated with how depressed I was. Um, he couldn't relate. Uh, a lot of people, unless it happens to you, you really don't understand it. And so this horrible place I was in crying, curled up in a ball. Um, I looked over the balcony of the hotel we were staying at and we were pretty low on the uh, floor type thing. Uh, we were like seven stories up. And the pool was like three stories below. So the very first thing I said was, oh, this will be great. I will, I'll just make myself more messed up and I won't kill myself. So then that became more frustrating. And about that same time, a billboard advertising getting your medical marijuana card in Nevada today came by. And then it happened a second time. And immediately my brain went right back to the war on drugs, your brain on drugs, the frying the egg. Um, <laughs> and that was like the whole image I saw in my head. Like, And then it, what's even weirder is it came by a second time. And at that point, my husband came back and I told him what I had just seen. And he's like, well, let's go. Let's go get your medical marijuana card. And if you knew my husband, he's like world's most conservative Boy Scout. So for him to even consider this as a potential treatment was pretty much unheard of. And I'm like, oh, great. So let's just go fry my brain on drugs. And so I was really not excited whatsoever. But I went along with it and said, okay, let's try it. So we get the card. It wasn't very difficult. I go to my first dispensary feeling incredibly overwhelmed. Absolutely zero concept um, on anything uh, to do with medical cannabis, what to pick, what to choose, what an indica was, what a sativa was, what terpenes were. I mean, I knew nothing. And so I spent like 45 minutes with this young man and he literally said to me, I don't really know what's going to work for you, but try this, try that, try the other thing. A lot of the edibles, all the edibles didn't work at all. And then the amount of 
I smoked a joint and that joint got me out of the hotel room. That joint allowed me to go to dinner uh, for the first time in three days. Um, I guess until you've been in that place, you really have no idea the power of this plant. Well, let, and, let, let me stop you right there because I want everybody to understand you weren't, you were before all this, you were an extremely vibrant, energetic, you know, you were, you were a person that always kind of like went out and had no problems going out, correct? Correct. 100%. So, so this is like a 180 complete turn that, that, that this accident happened to you. So it made you a completely different individual. And that's where people are saying, you're saying that your husband couldn't relate because this was not the woman before this accident, correct? Correct. Correct. And, and so for everybody to understand, and I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna actually say our age a little bit here. So everybody who don't understand, especially before pre-podcast world, when we say the war on drugs and fry your egg on drugs, back then was the war on drugs, they actually showed a real egg on a frying pan. And that's what they said our brain was. It was pre-podcast, pre-TikTok. So those of you who are listening, you know, we just aged ourselves a little bit, but that's how they fought the war on drugs. They basically said, you know, this is your brain, you're frying it, don't touch it. So I understand exactly where you're coming from. But it was amazing that not only once, but twice you saw that sign and your brain went, let's just try it. What the hell? We have nothing to lose right now. Correct? Correct. 100%. And so, so I apologize. Continue your story. So you decided to go to try the cannabis. You were smoking and you finally went out to dinner. And it, what did you realize when that happened? That maybe this isn't so bad. But I expected, because I lived in New York, um, I expected to come home from Las Vegas and go to a medical dispensary and experience the same thing I did in Nevada. And there was nothing further from the truth. Um, New York state had an approved list of conditions and chronic pain was not on it. Um, knowing that, and then not having access to this tiny little itty bitty bit of hope that I found, I sunk right back into that ugly, dark, place of no hope and feeling completely hopeless and trying to convince doctors that, I mean, when you have to prove that you're injured, that's a really messed up system. <laughs> um, I can't imagine anyone wanting to have a traumatic brain injury. Uh, and it turns out my neck also got messed up in my accident because I was at an angle and how the kid hit me I was, my ligaments basically are damaged. And so that means my head doesn't sit the way it should. And as a result, I get headaches, literally, they never go away. I have them from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to bed. Um, and I'm not talking just a little bit of annoyance of a headache. I'm talking, I can't move, my head hurts so bad, I'm nauseous. And, you know, they kept trying to say they're migraines. And I'm like, they're not migraines. I've never had a migraine in my life. And so then they use the term post-traumatic migraine. Okay. But, and then all the doctors just kept saying, well, what do you do to make it better? I'm like, there's nothing that makes it better. I'm so miserable. And so after finding cannabis and getting a little bit of pain relief, getting a little bit of anxiety relief, I felt like you know, there might be something to this. I had friends in Canada. I live in Buffalo, New York. So I'm literally 15 minutes from the Canadian border. And these friends in Canada were absolutely amazing. They took me under their wing and said, hey, that pot stuff 
worked for you in Vegas, maybe it'll work for you again because I couldn't communicate with people. I mean, I was literally at home every single day crying. Just, I just wanted to sleep because I couldn't muster the strength to actually function. And so my friends actually said, well, come over here and we'll get our medical card and you can just try different products. I'm like, okay, cool. So I did that. And we can call me now a medical cannabis refugee in Canada because <laughs> my friends literally saved the real Nikki. Um, they had a card from an LP there in Canada, licensed producer, for those of you who don't know what that means, um, a grower. And the first cultivars I tried were Can Trust. Can Trust, I mean, it was amazing how different cultivars actually affected my symptoms. Um, I've since learned that strains that are high in mercine really give me couch lock and make me feel more brain injured. So while they're great for pain relief and sleep, for me during the day, they're not good. Um, I try and focus on more uplifting cultivars that are high in limonene and pinene, and that seems to combat the pain as well as counteract any mercy that might already be in that strain. So the Can Trust product that I found, um, completely random, completely by accident, uh, I, my husband called me while I was in Canada and he literally said, what's wrong with you? I said, what do you mean what's wrong with me? He said, you sound normal. And I said, normal. I'm not normal, but I said, uh, what do you mean? He's like, you have like actual tone in your voice. You don't sound like this, you know, mute for lack of a better <laughs> term. And I, I said, well, I'm playing Scrabble and I'm actually adding the scores up and stuff. And he's like, why? What's going on? And I'm like, it must be this pot. And so there began my journey of understanding how cannabis works. And there began reaching out to various people and trying to understand more, listening to podcasts um, and trying to be my own advocate and understand why this could possibly work. And as we discussed, the war on drugs and being a nurse for pediatric children, if someone would have come to me and said their kid is taking cannabis for seizures, I would have said, well, let's call Child Protective Services and remove that kid from your home. I mean, to me, that would not have been an acceptable practice, but I have completely 180 my perspective on that as well. And now I fully support the plan in all different um, illnesses. Uh, for me, I treat my anxiety, depression, my brain fog, and my chronic pain with it. And I can honestly say I have a quality of life. I'm no longer just living, just alive. I'm actually living my life. That That's incredible. And I wanted to unpack a few stuff. One of the most interesting things, and this is why I created the podcast, is to educate people on, a different, on the different strands and the brands and that LPs and growers the, right now, it's a science. There, there's a whole bunch of different things that they can do. It's just not like the old day where you found found a little baggie back in the woods and it's it's you know that's it. Right now, 
I try to teach the first responders and I've tried to bring it into our fire department and let them know it's not about us going out and, and smoking a bunch of, uh, of weed and eating a bunch of Cheetos on the couch. It's about helping us be able to sleep better, like you helping us to have the pain. Uh, they, they signed a bill a couple of years ago here in Florida that uh, first responders now can be diagnosed with PTSD and like with what you're fighting with, for us to actually prove that we have that. I've talked to several firefighters, it's a massive battle, but now, they have a bill saying when they signed the cannabis bill saying, OK, well, you can treat chronic pain and PTSD with cannabis. Well, since the firefighters now can be diagnosed with it, we should be able to use it. And they're like, well, no, you can't. I'm like, well, you're 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 putting us on all this other medication that's even worse for us to drive, to do our jobs, to do anything else when we're doing this plant. And one of the biggest things I like to ask people like you who completely gone again, not only your personality a 180, but you a 180 on the plant. When you take the product, do you at all feel as if you can't function or impaired, or do you feel that you function better now that you're out of pain and everything else? That's a big question. I try to actually teach a lot of the upper management. 100% you do not want me behind a wheel when I'm unmedicated. 100% you want me medicated if I'm operating heavy equipment or machinery because my brain is able to focus. I'm actually able to complete tasks when I'm medicated. When I'm not medicated, I can't do any of that. Um, I'm so distracted and the pain is too great. I can't, when you're in suffering with pain every single day, you don't want to be driving because every move you make and then you get distracted. And when I'm driving and I have medicated, I don't get high, I get well. And that, that's the key term. The whole key term here, everybody, is actually using this medication, this plant as a get well product, not as a, as a party drug. We wanna remove that from the conversation. And I'm gonna give a quick example. I have problems sleeping and I started taking melatonin. Everybody goes, oh, you can take melatonin, you can buy it on the counter, you buy it at the vitamin shop, no problem. Well, I've taken melatonin once and I'm pretty much pretty, pretty sure I overdosed it because I was at a call at the station and I had blurred vision. Like I couldn't see anything. And now this is a natural product that you can buy over the counter. Same thing as you can buy low THC CBD at a counter right beside it. But that low THC product, if you actually use it, you're not going to get up and feel drowsy. You're, you're actually going to get up and be able to focus. But the stuff that we can use is actually more dangerous than the stuff we can't use. And it's completely ridiculous. And I appreciate everything that you're doing. And how are you advocating? What, what makes you, besides feeling better, what have you learned or showing everybody else that the, the plant can do? You know, I'm just sharing my story and people, the more people that listen, the more people share it. And the more we remove the stigma surrounding cannabis as medicine. Um, I'm working with like Americans for Safe Access. Um, they're in a huge, you know, they're a great organization that really tries to help medical patients and medical patient programs stay alive because as adult use starts taking over the market, Everybody's focusing their products on the highest THC. And it's all about the whole plant. It's all about how it all works together. So I'm, I must smoke my medicine um, due to a unique digestive system and it doesn't work any other way for me. However, there are people that can use, you know, edibles and tinctures and things with great success. I personally am not one of them. So I have to smoke it. 
And while I hate that I have to smoke it, I tell you what, my improvement of life is so dramatic. And it also, should it be a strain that doesn't agree with me, it's out of my system in four hours. If you take an edible and maybe you have too much THC or whatever, you go on a magic carpet ride for like eight eight hours. <laughs> you, know? you have no idea when you're coming out of it. At least with a bad cannabis strain that you buy on the illicit market or places that don't have legal access, at least it's gone in four hours. You know, um, so I'm really trying to teach people that we need smoking cannabis is not the same as smoking cigarettes. So it doesn't have the same effects. It's actually got bronchodilating properties when you have the right terpene blends. And so I'm trying to help remove the stigma around smoking as well, because it's not fair for a doctor to say to me, if you're smoking your medicine, it's not medicine anymore. Now it's a drug. Or a doctor to say, if you have THC in it, it's not medicine anymore. It's just to get high. I don't get high. I can't scream that loud enough. <laughs> that's, that, that's the number one key. And that's the number one key those who are actually educating people and everything else. Now, when you started taking it, you, you basically had to try different brands for different ailments that you had, correct? Did you also have to judge the THC levels in it? So it wasn't so much about the THC. Again, I actually worked on an, um, it was really cool in Canada because Canada had an app that had all the back end certificates of analysis, uh, the recipe or the ingredients in the products. And this app actually, you could record your use and then it would give you a summary of what worked for what. Like, oh, you know, I treated the specific conditions, chronic pain, how bad your pain before medicating, five minutes later, 20 minutes later, and it would follow, follow you. And, you know, knowing what you're treating is really important. So knowing the three areas that I was seeking improvement for, I mean, that wasn't all my symptoms, but those were the three big things that were impacting the quality of my life. So this app is actually available in Florida. It's called Strain Print. Um, and certain cultivars have the back end filled out, which is what everyone really needs is that back end filled out because without that certificate of analysis, you have no idea what the terpenes are, what the minor cannabinoids are. So this app helped me understand what was working for my symptoms. And it was awesome because it would give you a report like, and you could see, okay, when you had pain, these strains really helped you. When you had anxiety and depression, these strains really helped you from these cultivars. Like for instance, in Canada, there's 22 different um, licensed producers that have Blue Dream. All 22 of those Blue Dream producers have different effects associated with the products. Blue Dream that I grow and Blue Dream you grow are not going to be the exact same. They may come from similar genetics, but at the end of the day, it's all about what you're actually consuming. And Strain Print allowed me to see what worked. And it was so important. Once I understood, you know, I mean, another example, I was in Las Vegas uh, a few months ago and gelato is a strain that is pretty popular. And I've had gelato 20, 30 times. I mean, I've sampled over 3,500 products, over um, 750 strains. I mean, so I've got a really good 
feel. And unfortunately, there's no roadmap for everybody that's going to work for everybody because everyone has a unique endocannabinoid system, something we never were taught about in nursing school, BTW. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I was in Vegas and I tried this gelato and I could not believe how great I felt. And yet I had tried gelato 20 plus times and never got the same relief. I never was excited about it. So you can't always judge the book by its cover is what I guess I'm trying to say. And understanding that if your products aren't tested, a name means nothing. I mean, buddy down the street that grows isn't having his product tested. So you don't know if there's heavy metals in it. You don't know what actually is in it. And a, and a THC percentage to a CBD percentage really means nothing for me. I really, it's been trial and error and I find the most effective are 15 to 22% THC. And again, those terpenes that I focus on are limonene and pinene, both alpha pinene and beta pinene. Great, great. That's great information. That's that's the number one thing I try to help everybody understand. It's like everybody's different and you got to try stuff to make sure, you know, see what works for you. Now, speaking of the uh, B, uh, BTW part where we're not taught the endocannabinoid system, do you still currently see your doctors and have you explained what you're doing now and have, what have they given their thoughts on that? So when I was on workers' compensation before I settled my case, my workers' compensation carrier actually was forced to pay for my medical cannabis. Um, I've settled now, so that's no longer the case, but <clears throat> getting, it was crazy because my lawyer fought for it. My doctors authorized it. And then the insurance company said, Oh, it's schedule one. We don't support anything that's schedule one. So then I'm like, that's some BS. And so I said, uh, so then we appeal it and then the judge grants it. And then you got, then the insurance company appealed it again. I mean, like it was a constant fight. So in answer to your question, I did have doctors on board, but I also had avid anti-cannabis doctors as well, especially my um, therapist or shrink psychologist, whatever you call them. Um, she was, she couldn't understand it. I mean, she was sort of open to it because she saw the difference in me medicated Nikki versus unmedicated Nikki. Um, and if Nikki didn't spray herself down with the perfume before she went into the <laughs> office, then it was very evident that I had medicated. Um, but she started to see and started to accept, you know, like maybe there is something to this. So just trying to remove that stigma is so critical. That, that is the one thing we talked a little bit earlier about uh, before the show about the facility that we're creating in Costa Rica is that we want people kind of like the doctors that were against it, kind of like your, your psychiatrist or psychologist, the ones who don't believe it works but are unsure to actually be part of it so they can see the changes and that that data can actually, instead of just seeing it in person, we can have a full-fledged data to where like they didn't like it before. They still don't like it, but the data shows that it's actually working. And that's what we're trying to create. Nikki, I appreciate you coming on my show. If people wanted to follow the rest of your journey and some of the advocacies that you're doing, where would they actually follow you? You can find me at Nikki and the plant. It's N-I-K-K-I and the plant.org. Or you can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, or Instagram. Perfect. Right? Uh, Nikki Lolly and I K K I Lolly is L A W L E Y.
Perfect. We're going to put those in the show links. Plus, we're going to put, what is the the Florida Strain app? Is that what it's called? It's called Strain Print. Strain Print. We're going to give me, I'm going to get that link from you. I'm also going to put that in the show notes. I'm pretty sure several people here in Florida will actually like to know that. So, Nikki, thank you for coming to my show. I appreciate it. You have yourself a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0.